Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. I can tell you when you're selling into a new vertical or you're creating a new category, the most important choice that you will make is your choice in a metaphor. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast, episode 141. This is Ralph Burns, and this is the third in a series of three podcast episodes that we recorded live from Traffic and Conversion Summit in San Diego, our absolute favorite digital marketing, marketing conference of the year, and uh, coerced Ryan Dice, the founder and CEO of Digital Marketer, to brave the floor, walk the gauntlet, so to speak, with lots of security guards, and uh, actually come to the Dominate Web Media Tier 11 booth and record this episode live. So really excited to get you to listen to this one because there's no one better in the world at solving the thorniest marketing problems of just about any type of business. And Ryan does his best here with a number of different scenarios thrown at us from uh, the Ryan Seacrest of Canada, our awesome VP of business development, Adam Killam. And literally there's nobody in the world that can take a situation of a particular business and be able to figure out the best way to present a marketing strategy or to turn a hook or get an idea as to how to best monetize a business. In fact, we invited Ryan to uh, one of our certification programs last year, and people are still talking about some of the solutions that he proposed basically just off the cuff in a hot seat to help people double, triple, quadruple their businesses. And uh, he does the same thing here in this episode with um, questions from the crowd live at Traffic and Conversion Summit. So without further ado, let's roll. So we're live from TNC. We're not live. 
we're live recording. Feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> Molly still doesn't know how podcasts work. <laughs> you record we're it, recording. then you release it. We're recording <laughs> live. It's a big deal because we're all together, so it feels yeah. live. Yeah, it is. Yeah, on the floor. So if it's loud, that's why. There's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of strangers walking around. They've been kind enough to to stick me back in the corner. Uh-huh. Where if somebody's gonna come at me, they gotta come right at. Like there's no stabbing from behind or anything like yeah, that. So no, it's good. You know, we have the big Canadian over here. We refer to him as the Ryan Seacrest from Canada. You're a very attractive man. Tall. Yeah, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he's gonna ask some some questions. questions. Yeah. yeah. Questions from the crowd. Do we have some guests here? What's your name over here? My name is Matt Verlack. I'm from a startup called Uplaunch. And what I was hoping to achieve with you guys here is just kind of put ourselves out there a little bit and help us figure out how to explain our offer and kind of refine the messaging that we use when we talk to potential clients. So I appreciate it. Okay. So do you want to start with what you got right now? Because maybe it's already good. And we can make it gooder. Yeah. Let's hear it. What we do, we have a software platform that helps information marketers and business consultants productize and deliver their strategies to those. Okay. But but just to be clear, this is kind of a, a category that doesn't yet exist. Is that correct? So that's good news and bad news. You know, so you got kind of a blue ocean there. You're, you're doing something nobody's ever done before. Good news. But it's also a bit like good news. We're going to name this disease after you because nobody's <laughs> had it before. Right. You don't really want that. So but it's but it's fine. I can tell you when you're selling into a new vertical or you're selling kind of creating a new category, the most important choice that you will make is your choice in a metaphor to describe because you've got to pull from something that people already understand. And that's where you've seen all these companies over the years be like, we're the Uber of this. You know, Airbnb we're the, for yeah, dogs. We're exactly, <laughs> right? So now, um, so I, so, but I don't want to go there yet. Here's my question. You kind of generally describe what it does, but I still have no clue what it does. So let's get away from the vehicle, right? Let's get away from the product and the vehicle. You know, so, you know, we're, we publish information products, right? I think just about everybody's standing around here, right? Keith, Molly, you've maybe created a course or two. So we're your market, right? So I wake up, right? What frustration do I already have in place? Like, what do I wake up and be like, I hate that this is happening. What frustration do I already have in place that I wake up with that you're going to solve? Cool. So there's really, with info marketers specifically, two big frustrations that we've heard doing our market research. Really, the first one is actual implementation of the content that you guys are delivering, right? You can give a small business the best content in the world, but really, and it's a theme that you guys have been talking about in all the sessions at TNC also, is really action is what it comes down to, right? Where you can consume all the courses, but if you don't put it in play, you're just consuming courses, right? So that's part of it is worry. Wait, 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 but what am I, what am I concerned about? So are you concerned as an info marketer of people actually getting results from the stuff that you're doing? Okay, so in, in, so am I? Yes. Right. Are most people? No. Maybe not. What are they concerned about? So see what we're doing here? We got to dig deeper. Right. Right? No, they're not concerned about that. What are they concerned about? Refunds and churn. Right. Why do you get refunds and churn? You get refunds and churn because people aren't consuming. Right. Right? Okay. And so to build on that, the other thing that we can do is when you deliver an info product, whether it's a course, a PDF, a set of emails you're going to use or whatever, there's not always a way to close the feedback loop, right? So what we can do is by also serving as the delivery vehicle with our software platform, you can actually drill down into metrics on the platform and see the efficacy, the engagement rates on all the different campaigns and content that you're putting out there. So you actually know if things are working or not. We've got a Facebook integration that we're working on over the next few months. So... Yeah, yeah, but see, all these things are features. Right, right, right. So I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Right? I don't care. So here's the basic thing. All right, so you sell information products, right? Yeah. 
all right, my guess is the vast majority of the time when you get a refund or somebody turns out if it's on some type of recurring or the billing doesn't go through, it's because they never consumed it in the first place, right? Yeah. Okay. So we have an automated system that makes sure that your consumption rates go way up so your refund rates go way down. That's how you describe it. Now people ask the question, how does it work? Okay, let me show you. But I don't care about any of that crap. Until you know how it's going to help until you. Until I know how it helps me. Right. Right? you got to start there, and now we can have a conversation. I don't know. You got anything you want to add? So you can is a magic three words. You can add to anything whenever you're describing it. you got to be careful when you start doing the feature thing that you're talking about. Is it People are just going to say, oh, that's just another Infusionsoft, without going deeper into what you actually help people get off their plate. Molly, you got anything? Yeah. I guess, is this sort of like an all-in-one platform where they could launch the course and do all, like kind of like Kajabi? Like, I guess I'm uh, having trouble understanding, like, what's novel about this but because people will be product aware right because people wake up with issues like ryan said okay i want to decrease churn i want to decrease uh my refund rate uh, but there are also people i mean there are six thousand of them here that are already aware of similar platforms so um i i think there's a place in your customer journey to explain how you stack up against the competition also. Absolutely. And really, it's, it's almost like the struggle I have is defining who the competition is because we're not an LMS. Like, we don't deliver coursework like Kajabi does. They're really good at what they do. I love their platform. But it's not something that we, we compete with or a service we provide. What we do, we would be more analogous to, like, an Infusionsoft or an Entreport or an Active Campaign, all these different... So it's marketing automation. But it's marketing automation specifically tied to the consumption of premium content. Exactly. And, okay. and, and the whole delivery model is flipped because instead of having a subject matter expert have to build a consultancy and hire people to set up campaigns for over and over, over again the same kind of stuff, they're able to productize it, build it once on our platform, and then go out and sell it. And the onboarding experience for their customers is something that's exponentially faster than anything on the market. It's literally like they never see a campaign builder. They never see any of this abstract stuff that puts up the roadblocks in them adopting a platform. They just fill out a questionnaire, hit go, and we're rock and rolling. I think one of the issues that I have with it is that I think of products in terms of you know, what's a seven to 10 word phrase that I can encapsulate exactly what you do hitting the biggest pain point of my target market? And how are we going to use that in a Facebook ad to get people's attention? And I'm struggling with that because we've been talking a lot about what it is. I'm still sort of thinking like, what's that big one thing yeah, what's, what's that's hook, keeping right? yeah. people up at night? And like, that's your, that's your elevator pitch. Really, like, what do you do? Like, we figured out what our elevator pitch is. You know, in our agency, we say it in, like, 10 words. That's it. Same sort of thing, story brand, Donald Miller stuff. Like, really, really good. Figuring out exactly, and I would go out and buy that book, quite honestly, because you need to encapsulate it really quickly if you're going to have any hope of capturing people's attention as well as getting any sort of sales. Yeah, and I, I believe that, that really what you have is, you know, you don't have a solution that will sell a product, you have a solution that will keep a product sold, right? And so I think the pain point is high refund rates, high churn, low consumption, low success, right? So that's what you're, that's the problem you're solving for. Am I, am I hearing that right? Am I speaking back what, what you told me or am I going somewhere different? No, I, I think you're going right where we need to be. I, it's really because it's really difficult because there's kind of like two people that, that benefit from this. People who sell information products and then people who are like business consultants putting together systems for specific verticals. And you know, the building blocks are similar, but the implementations can be a little bit different. Well, I, I can tell you this because um, my biggest concern, I'll answer the question you didn't ask, right? Which is, are there people actively selling information products 
who have this problem and this challenge of my refund rates are too high? Absolutely. The challenge is there aren't as many of those as there are people who want to start selling those things. So if I'm you, you are, you are selling um, something that is a dramatic pain point, but you should go after the people who are already selling a lot more of this stuff. And I believe that's going to be your coaches and your consultants, not necessarily your publishers. Most publishers, the only thing that they care about, they would love to have a churn problem. They would love to have a refund problem because that would mean they sold at least one. <laughs> Sales have a refund problem, right? Right, yeah. right. 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 So, so we need to make sure that, that you're talking to the right people. And I think when you say, you know, when you're talking to somebody who they've got people in some type of a coaching, you know, they're a consultant, they're a coach, they're, they're, they're delivering content in that area saying, we're going to make sure that this like $1,000, $2,000, $10,000 a month client, that you don't lose them. And now you're in the, the client success business. Now, uh, customer success platforms, that is a category, right? That is a category that exists. It's not even a little bit. That's still more of an LMS, right? Yeah, yeah. What, what Mike, what Mike, it's, still, it's still more of an LMS. So I, I, there are customer success platforms out there. So I would look at that category, customer success platform. Say we have a client success platform because that's that encapsulation. People say, okay, I know what it is. I know what it is because you're not helping them sell it. That's what I heard you. You're not going to help them sell their thing, Right. You're going to get it consumed and keep it sold. You got to get to the agencies and the consultants. If you're speaking to the people who are just getting started in info, they're going to go with a Kajabi because it can do everything in one. So I would definitely go after the consultants. We make this quicker for you. We can automate this for you. Um, And then people who are selling really high volume courses because they're the only ones that are going to it's really going to matter for. So, and here's the thing. And if you want to scale this out with social advertising, like Facebook and Instagram, then you really have to lead with the education, which you probably know that, but you know, how can you make people aware of a problem or solution that they didn't really know existed? Right. And so like yesterday I was with uh, Brian Moran from Samcart for about an hour. He was super excited about his new uh, info funnel. That's going to lead into Samcart. That's kind of like what ClickFunnels has been doing. And so what happens is, is like with ClickFunnels, the people that actually buy their info products, or even if it's just a tripwire and a book, they're the ones that stick two to three times longer with their software anyways in the end, compared to the people that see one of their great sales videos to their trial, the actually info people. So you need to be an authority on exactly what your product does, right? On customer success platforms. You need to be teaching people that and you need to figure out a simple way to give people that value, right? And then guess what happens? It's like digital marketer teaches people uh, marketing. And then when they came out with the machine, like it just made it faster, easier, simpler, right? Let me do one final, final wrap up for you just and, and speak to the process so that even those people who are listening, if they're not in your market, they don't care. They got, they got things. So step one, right? You got to identify what is the thing that people are waking up and they're dreading, right? And it's got to be a big problem. If you're not solving for a big problem, then, you know, you got to have, you got to be a must have, right? So that's the first thing. Now, how do we clearly articulate that in the way that they're speaking it, right? They're not saying like, oh, I got to figure out how to move people through. Uh-uh. They want refund rate reduction. Now we got to. Now that we've identified that, we need to say who has this problem the most. And now we need to associate it with the, the largest group that needs it the most. I don't believe it's information publishers. I believe it's more the coaches and consultants. There's more of them. Higher average customer value. Now, what are they going to believe? And what are they? What do they know about this category? Now you try to back into a category which informs the marketing. So we start with the problem, right? We go to the who. Then we go to the, okay, what's the broader category that this would fall into? And that's going to inform targeting and everything else in, in your marketing. I know that was longer than five seconds that you wanted, but hopefully it gave you something to work with. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. 
So next up we have Christian. Christian, what's your question for the group? Yeah, my question is uh, getting started using Facebook Messenger to generate leads. And we're a digital marketing agency for tax professionals. So not only doing it, but scaling it and making it something sustainable. How, how do you generate leads right now? Um, like, do you have a lead magnet that works yes, or a conversation correct. that you have? What is it? Yeah, we've got an ebook that we set up for our clients on their Facebook profiles uh, and a landing page primarily. Um, so it's a service that you do for them? Correct. Okay. Yes. So, I mean, a quick thing that you could do is take a Facebook ad that's already working or messaging that's already working to get people to sign up for that service. Just use a click to messenger ad. So tell them, you know, to get this, click here and we'll deliver it. We'll get the process going in You just messenger. literally change the call to action in the, I mean, would you change the copy a little bit? Just to set the expectation that it's opening in messenger or people think it's a bug. Otherwise it right? freaks them out, yeah. So we'll get you set up in messenger. We'll start the conversation in messenger. They click. It opens in Messenger, yeah. and you say, okay, great, what's your email address? What's your phone number? We'll reach out to you, whatever the process is. Yeah. I mean, that would be the simple thing to and, do. And, and I, love, I love what you said, I mean, because if you have an offer that works, right, you don't create a new offer so that you can test a new call to action. Yeah, Messenger's right? just a new channel. Yeah, it's just, it's just a new way for somebody to respond. The old rule in direct mail, right, in the, in the direct mail days, if you had a piece that worked, and then it began to kind of not work as well. You didn't write a new letter. You changed the color of the envelope. Okay. What when when you're shifting from click and somebody going to a landing page to click and it opening up Messenger? That's changing the color of the envelope. Right. So you don't have to redo your ads. Start yeah. with what's already working. Change the call to action. Exactly. And then just realize in Messenger, it's a bit different from email. It needs shorter, ask questions, be conversational. But another idea, if you want to get fancy. I just built a little quiz funnel for Brad, Easy Pay Direct. He sells merchant services, really similar, like kind of dry market, no offense. Yeah, um, that's and true. Uh, we came up with something called a merchant commerce score and compared it to uh, credit scores, you know, that consumers have and a way to stack up against others. So we created a little quiz. It's 10 questions. He sent an email and he's like, hey, I've created this thing called a merchant commerce score. It's kind of like a credit score. You can see the health of your business and how it stacks up against other people in your industry. Click here, answer a few questions in Messenger, and then we'll get back to you in 48 hours. And his sales team creates this little report, calculates the score. And throughout the sequence, he's asking for refund rate, all of this financial information. So he knows everything about that person, right? And he can reach back out with the score. Hey, here's your score. Here's how it stacks against others in the industry. Here's how Easy Pay Direct could improve that score, right? So you could do something similar to that because people are always looking to self-discover. Like, why does BuzzFeed have quizzes that are like, which Disney princess are you? Like, that's so goofy. I've but never people, seen those. Yeah, but yeah, I need this website to give me my own identity. <laughs> yeah, right. People, you know? right. That is a, a way people are self, you know, self-discovering. Yes. And so that's why quizzes work well in Messenger, because when you see a quiz on a page, it looks like a lot of work. If someone's just asking you questions, it would be like us texting. Molly, you know, what's your phone number? Well, you would have my phone number, but you get it. It's a lot easier to just respond. I probably wouldn't text you asking you for your phone <laughs> no, number. No, Molly you forgot how text, how text works. <laughs> <laughs> What's your Bad phone example. number? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it's a lot <laughs> less daunting than seeing all of these form yeah. fields in yep. this huge quiz. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, That's just huge. something first, start with what you have, transition it to messenger. Then you can come up with other creative ways to engage with people. And when it comes to like delivering maybe that sales pitch, like let's say you have a sort of a longer email maybe that comes day two or maybe even day one, think about the platform. So maybe you have a video, right? Well, they have a 25 meg limit. So if you can get the video in Messenger, optimal, right? If not, then maybe not. Then you have them click through to it. Maybe if you have a longer form sort of sales letter, you could, after two or three or four questions, you could give them a PDF or link out. So think about the platform, the environment, and what you're trying to deliver. And you might have to slightly adjust that depending on your situation. On that first question that comes up in the bot, getting back to kind of what I mentioned in my opening keynote, try to make it a binary question. I think asking somebody like, hey, cool, so are you a tax professional? Yes. Yes? No. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Right. And then you can flow into a, into a talk. And that's super important from a technical standpoint because that first question that they engage with is clicking that button is when they become a messenger subscriber and you can tag them into a sequence. So you don't want that to be open-ended and hard to answer. Yeah, you want it to be as close to do you breathe air as possible. <laughs> right? Now, Christian is a certified partner. So shameless, shameless plug. If there are tax professionals listening and they need marketing help, where should they go uh, to get yep. uh, to get your help? Uh, talk to tpm.com. Talk to tpm.com. Talk, uh, talk to TO or the number two? Uh, TO. Okay, so what? Yes. Talk to TPM? Yep. That's com. a great com. bot name. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. yeah. Certified partners are, are agencies that uh, partner up with Digital Marketer. They're people that uh, actually know what the heck they're doing. And uh, so uh, they're, they're, they're smart people. To, they bona fide. So they're smart people to go and have, have them do this stuff for you. All right. So next up, we've got Alex. Alex, where are you from? I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. All right. And what kind of business do you run? I run an online art e-commerce business. All right. And what's your question for the group today? So what I sell is artwork based on pop culture. Uh, I've created a lot of posters based on popular movies and video Are games. Are you the artist? Yes. Okay, cool. I do sell art by other people too. Uh, sometimes I'll collaborate and bring in other artists on my projects, but it's mainly me. So, so like Aerosmith doing a song with Run DMC? You'll do that kind of thing? No, I don't do show posters. No, no. I mean like when Aerosmith and Run DMC collaborated, Walk This Way. Uh, Yes. Come on. Yes. That's old school. Do you, only, do you like only paint and draw stuff? You listen to music too. <laughs> so I've had good success selling art based on properties that people are already familiar with because they already like these movies. They already like these video games. I've created a new product where I've created my own piece of pop culture, this own like alternate history of space travel. And I've had a much harder time marketing it and getting people to bite into that. Yeah, of course, because nobody knows what it is. Right. Right? So, I mean, we, we talked earlier, we had somebody coming up who's, it, it's so funny, and that's why I want to make sure that, ev that everybody listening, business is business, marketing is marketing, whether you're selling, you know, an, an, a niche enterprise like SaaS type solution, which is what we were looking at before, or selling art, right? Which is about as like consumer as it gets, right? It still is the same thing. And so, I'll just kind of repeat what I said before. If you're going to sell something that nobody knows what it is, the most important choice you will make is your choice in a metaphor to describe what it is that you're doing. What your art was before, everybody knew what it was. They got it because they started, you began with the conversation that they were having, which is, I like this movie. Hey, if you like this movie, you'll probably like this art. Uh, the art all around digital marketer offices is like old school, like direct response ads, right? 
you know, I had that, I had that created because I like those old school ads. Now, what's interesting as an artist, right? And this is why it's important that we we distinguish between what are the offers, what are the offers that bring in new fans, and what are the what are the offers that sell to existing fans? All right. I think until you can build up your name and your brand, you've been doing it leveraging other brands and other interests, which is great. So, and what you the question that you ask is, how do I do? For, the, for my unique art, my customer art that isn't associated, how do I do with this what I'm doing with the other art? And the answer is you don't. You don't. You sell your art to the people that, that, that your original concepts, the, the space, you sell that to the people that bought your movie poster kind of art, right? Yeah. The people that become fans of you. So, you. so nobody cares who I am. Nobody gives a crap who Ryan Dice is, right? They don't give a crap who any of us are. They have their own problem. They have their own interest. They're enthusiastic about someone, about something, right? Like, so for us at Digital Marketer, it's, hey, do you want to learn how to do some things with Facebook ads? Yeah. Okay, here's how you do some, some things with Facebook ads. Uh, by the way, my name is Ryan, and I have this site called Digital Marketer. You don't get the right, you don't earn the right and the privilege to introduce yourself and what you've created until you have first answered the question that they were asking, right? So until you can build up your personal brand, which you're already doing, right? But you keep doing what you're doing. You, you have the other pieces to, to bring folks in. And this, by the way, has been done in the art world forever. You have artists. What's the guy that did the, um, the shark? Damien Hurst. All right. So you got the art, this artist, Damien Hurst, right? He produces all of this crazy, you know, all these crazy things. They're almost like PR pieces in and of, them, of themselves. But the thing that sells the most is the like, dot art. It's very simple. It's, it's, it's almost like he hates doing them. But that's what brings new fans in. So don't over-index on the bread and butter pieces and your pieces have them as more limited edition type things, charge more for them, their community. We treat content the same way. There's seeker content, content that's designed to bring people in, and there's community content, right? Your art, for right now at least, is community content. There will come a day when your brand is sought out. But until that happens, you get to that point by, by over-indexing and doubling down on the things that people are seeking out. Digital marketers still isn't there. People generally are not seeking us out as a brand. We've been doing this for a while, spending a lot of money. People find us by wanting to know how to do specific things. So it's not, I want to I wanna do this for that. Uh-uh. They serve two different roles within your company, and that's okay. I think a good example of this, we were actually just talking about a company called Allbirds, and they sell shoes. They're these cool wool running shoes. And what you'll notice is like the first ads that I saw from them were more of their like black neutral uh, shoes because that's usually what people buy, right? So they're using uh, that for acquisition most of the time. But then once you become a customer, you're a part of their retargeting audience, you see crazy pink shoes and purple shoes and blue shoes and these limited edition things. But I started with them, I bought a black pair first, Right. And then I've now purchased some like limited edition pink or blue crazy shoes. So that's a good way to think about this. Lead with something that people are looking for, like Ryan said. Yeah. And yeah. charge more for those. Mm. Yeah. Good. My new thing good. is a hundred bucks. And they're limited edition, right? It is. Wait, how much your how much is your seeker stuff? Between thirty and fifty dollars. Okay. I think your limited edition, it needs to be an order of magnitude higher. This is a box set and it's a hundred dollars. That strikes me as too low. See what I'm saying? If you're selling to fans, right, I believe you can get more if you're going out to your fans and if it's true limited edition. 
Yeah. All right. If it's true limited, true limited edition, I think you go in order of magnitude up. Yeah. They're the ones that care about your new thing that we can't conceptualize. And you're not going to get the time for somebody to digest it. You have not earned the right. Yeah. You know, yet to ask somebody's time to figure it out. The people that have given you some money though, right? So if I'm, if I'm constructing a value journey for you, you know, maybe you got a video out there of you actually creating one of these pieces, right? Of, of you going from creating one of the movie posters. It's like, well, here's a cool movie poster. Hey, if you like it, come here to get a print. Now maybe you sell them an artist proof or something like that, like a signed AP. Then you go into, I might be a little bit into art. Then you go into, uh, <laughs> now you go into limited edition stuff that is only available um, for existing patrons. Yeah. Right, for patrons only. And it's like most people don't get this. Right. Right, most people, they, literally like they don't get it. They don't understand it, right? And you make folks kind of watch it and understand it before they earn the right to even buy it. You begin putting up barriers. People will pay more to get it. Right. And play into the collector's gene, right? Play into your monetization is more important than most businesses because once they have one piece, they want the other ones. So use stuff that people are familiar with to acquire the new customers, but make a huge deal out of your monetization and playing into the collector's gene and people who want them all, right? Or want everything you produce. You got all the pieces there, man. You just yeah. got them in the wrong order. You're, you're trying to take something that's a community piece. You're trying to move it out to the front end. Yeah. Let, let the things at the front ends be the things. Look, and I, and I know I'm, I'm belaboring this point, but you look at, uh, look at, a, look at an album, right? Look at a, at a musician. They're going to have the pieces that are designed for radio, and they got the pieces, you know, the, you got your deep cut. <laughs> and it pisses, off, it pisses them off, too, that, no, that when they go to the concerts, people are like, play Freebird, right? And it's going to irritate you, but that's fine, right? It's for the people, the private show, where they want to hear that. The circle should get smaller. I'm excited to see what happens here. Yeah, what's, what's your website? FamilyTreeDesign.net. Keep making art. We need more artists. Yeah, that's cool. We need, we need way less marketers and way more artists. Monetizing art. Who's up? We got John Chambers here. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. So tell us uh, your question and uh, what you're looking to achieve. So the question I have is how would we get started on Facebook to generate these generate leads? Because I'm hearing all the things about Facebook and how we need to get started on it, do video ads and all those things, but I'm not sure exactly how to get started on there. I don't have my own personal Facebook. So Facebook is like a it's a whole new ballpark for me and I'm and for our business and I don't know how we would ap approach that. How old are you guys? I'm 20, and my brother here, he's 15. What's your business? Uh, it's Jade Worldwide. We're a marketing agency for other businesses. So you're wanting to generate leads for your agency? I mean, it first starts with an offer, right? Um, I wouldn't recommend running an ad that says, hey, we're, I, for whatever the name of your agency is, this is why we're great, you should hire us, right? Like back to the customer journey, figuring out like, can you lead with a case study where you explain the results that one of your clients achieved? Uh, that would be a great offer lead magnet to lead with. I think if you're just getting started, yeah. I would honestly recommend working out some deals like in your local community or giving someone a huge discount so that you can get some experience and build up those case studies. Because yeah. if you're going to buy Facebook ads, you want to make sure that, you know, obviously you can deliver and I'm sure that you can, but you need to refine your process. So that wouldn't be my next step if I were you. I would get some experience under my belt, build up some case studies that you can use and then leverage those in the newsfeed through video ads. Um, you know, you would run a conversion campaign optimizing for people to opt in for that 
that lead magnet. If you're looking to get clients like that, number one is you got to get experience. Any way you can get experience, okay, N number one. And then when you have the case study, if you have a case study, use that. So you might run a, a video ad in Facebook and you could send people to an application where they can fill out an application and talk with you guys. What I would also do is I would go to Craigslist. I'd go to Upwork, right? And go and look for companies that are looking to hire employees and then go to their, once you start to get good, so you can't really do this until you start getting some good experience, right? And then go and dissect their website or their funnel and then send them a video, a Loom video, five minutes or three minutes, giving them one big thing, how they can improve. And then, hey, why don't you just hire me? It'll actually be cheaper than hiring a full-time employee and stuff like that. But number one is get experience. So I would say Facebook ads is probably about your seventh step in your process right now. Yeah, there's a lot of traffic out there. Yeah, there's a lot of potential buyers for your agency, but... You know, when I started my agency, my first customer was $100 a month just to get experience, just so I could then sell that experience to other people. And then it sort of built from there. So, uh, you know, I mean, you guys are awfully young, but I mean, I think some of the things that Keith said is great. The way that I used to do it is go to Chambers of Commerce, go to BNI, which is Business Networking International, get some local customers, build some credibility there. You got to sort of figure out what your niche is as an agency. There's a lot of us out there. Um, and what that specific thing is, get really, really good at it, become a badass, and then all of a sudden, you're gonna have a lot of experience doing it, then you can start raising your prices, move forward, and then make the business really profitable. Don't be afraid to work for free. Yeah. I hear it said all the time, like, yeah. know your value. You've never done it. I mean, you're valuable as a human, don't get me wrong, like, you're nice people, but if you haven't done the work, right, in comparison to other people in the industry, why should somebody hire? They probably shouldn't yet. Right, go out there and get the reps and sets. And, and that's why the best thing in the world that I tell people, like when you're first getting started, go get a job. Go get a job doing the work and learn on someone else's dime working real accounts, right? If you don't wanna do that or you just can't get that, then you go out to all these places and say, hey, I'm figuring these things out, I wanna help, I'm willing to do it totally for free. Let me prove myself to you, give me a little budget. If you wanna start in Facebook, start in retargeting. Okay, set up a simple retargeting campaign. That's a pretty low risk way to not completely blow up somebody's account, right? They're gonna get more from what they already got, but you install that pi pixel and you show that to like a local plumber, you're gonna blow their freaking minds, right? So go and do that and then get those reps. And, and he, you know, Ralph said exactly it. Like you're gonna need to figure out where is your niche. You either need to, to niche uh, or specialize based on a particular specialty Right, so we, I do this one type of service and maybe it's not Facebook, maybe it's email. Maybe you only write email follow-up stuff, right? So what, whatever that is, or by vertical, or both. So you, you start there, you plant a flag in one of those areas where you can be the king of the mole hill, then you begin to expand the hill. You use that as a jumping off point to go into other places. And you know, before long, there's a lot more that you can do. I mean, I, I totally agree with what Ralph said. I think, I think running a Facebook ad to get a client that's like, yeah. that's like being the, you know, the dog that catches a car. What are you going to do once you got them? Like, so you get the client. Now what? Yeah. Now I start doing stuff, right? You want to know that when you get that client that you're going to just own it. You're going to deliver. Like, it's no question. And, and in the beginning, you're not going to know that. So get the reps and sets in. I mean, you're, you're young. You got time to figure this stuff out. Yeah. Be patient. Be patient. The, the, the thing is, is when you start to do work for free, for me, my biggest exponential moments were when I was doing stuff for free, just focusing on getting results for other people that had influence, right? Because what happens is, is your hourly rates with everybody else, every new customer starts to exponentially, starts to double when you start to get experience and results for other people or people with influence. Does that make sense? So be patient. 
Think about just whatever you can do to get results. And sometimes it's hard to figure out a niche right away. A lot of people will sell you, figure out a niche, figure out a niche. Um, initially, it's going to be hard because you just got to get experience and be, always be having that on the back of your mind, looking for something that you can go deep in. Think of that free work as your education. When you're working for free for somebody, you are investing in your future. You might not get rich now, but at some point in time, when you develop that skill and become a total badass or whatever that thing is, niche down to scale up. Facebook and Instagram ads is the only thing that we do in our agency. That's all we do. It just so happens there's a lot of people that want that. That's great. We're pretty good at it. Figure out what your niche is and you can scale up. Cool. Thank you so much for the question. All Thanks right. for coming, man. All right. Thank you. Thanks for coming by. And we are done. <laughs> great hanging out as always. Exciting to be back on the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. I think this is my third time on. I just uh, I appreciate you letting me back on my own podcast again. <laughs> it was very, we're, very, we're very being kind. More proactive of inviting you now. Thank you. We yeah. figured we probably should. Yeah, thank you. you. Well, especially since you know that. I was here. Yeah, and it's my it's event convenient. too. Yeah. yeah, I still feel like you make it all you know about about you, but that's yeah. I love you. It is. I love you for it. All right. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Grant, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.